Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Oh, it is lovely to be together. I still haven't, still haven't overcome the novelty yet. I have four weeks after lockdown. Uh, please be seated. And thank you, Pierre and Anne. Tim, first time today that he's uh, been part of our worship team. Andre, the others are scattering. Sandy, Calvin, Zanita, and Nicole. If you haven't met them, do meet them later on. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do, um, to be together in this way. Wow. Second half, eh? It's the first Sunday uh, of our new, uh, kind of the second half of the year, the, the next part of the year. And, and last year I did a message that was focused on the, the second half. And, and it seems sort of important. A year's a long time in the Southern Hemisphere when we have winter in the middle. And I always think the Northern Hemisphere probably divides it into a slightly more uh, a neat system where you kind of have Christmas and you kind of have your summer holidays and they're separate from them. And so it's, it's probably worth thinking about. I, I, I was thinking a little bit during the week. I saw this thing and I was like, I think this may be a little reflection of how we think of the second half of the year. It's like, man, if, we, if that was the first half of the year, then I'm not quite sure if I'm really, really up for the second half of the year. And um, none of us would be, we would all be forgiven. You know, we wouldn't be at fault for thinking that along the way. So today I'm going to go a little where angels fear to tread because I didn't pick COVID. Um, so I don't know about you, but I, in the first part of the year, I didn't manage to predict that that would be. But I did go back into my opening message of January, January the 12th. Some of you would have been here. I'm sure you took notes. I'm sure you remember it really vividly. And I did kind of review the things that I'd said back there as I contemplated 2020, and I, I, I did okay, actually. And so at the beginning of the year, we talked a lot about, or I talked a lot about in, in, in that early January, and then we did quite a lot of the whole thing and the importance of connection. And so I don't know if you remember, if you're part of us back then on, in February, every, every Sunday, either more, uh, lunchtime or dinner time, we had a meal together. You know, we roasted lamb. Um, we, um, uh, we went to, we, we did, we spent more on ice creams at, at Castor Bay than we did on our lamb roast at, um, at the Stewart's place. Some of you did double dipped in that time, something like that. But wasn't it fantastic? And it was like, and then we rolled into, you know, um, our 30th um, birthday party as a church, and then we rolled into camp out, and some of you are there for all of them, some of you are there for some of them. And it was like connection was a really important thing. And how important was connection when we kind of hit COVID, when we couldn't meet, when we couldn't connect, and yet in a way, we were able still to connect. That was really important. And then we talked about building team. Building team seemed a really important thing. And I said, you know, kind of there is a key appointment that we need to make this year. And um, it's exciting that we've been able to appoint Tim Ward as our new associate pastor. And, and, and Tim and his wife Zoe will be part of us in three Sundays from now, um, the last Sunday in July. Not as kind of, you know, kind of they are the new big thing, but as something of what God's doing in our midst. And the exciting thing is that we can begin to, you know, sort of um, flourish in some other areas as we make that really key appointment. 
The thing I didn't get right at all was rethinking midweek church life. What I needed to get right was we need to rethink church life, you know, kind of thing. That was sort of out of nowhere. All of a sudden, not only was it how do you do church in the middle of the week, it's how do you do church on Sunday when you can't meet. So I didn't see that one coming, but you'll forgive me for that because neither did you. I made a couple of observations there too, which I kind of like, and one was sowing is the best form of reaping, and I quoted 2 Corinthians 9, 6, I think it is, you know, kind of if you... Uh, sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow abundantly, you will reap abundantly. I think that wasn't a bad word for the beginning of a year like this. And then talked about that Jesus is with us in every season. So I quoted there uh, Mark one twenty three. it might be, which is the Emmanuel, you know, kind of from a virgin who will come and a uh, virgin will give birth and his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And I said back then, you know, kind of God will be with us in 2020 in every season. And just because we know a year is a long time, there will be springs and summers and autumns and winters. And maybe we've had our winter already and maybe we've sort of negotiated some of those things. And maybe we haven't. Maybe we're still right in the middle of them at the moment. But that God would be with us. And I think it's a promise of God that still remains right through from today. So I look back on January the 12th and I thought I didn't do too bad a job. And one of the lessons is don't be too specific. So if you say in general terms, you can, you can make anything say anything you like. But I, didn't, I wasn't too upset about that. And so I called today's message second half, first Sunday of July, first Sunday of the second half of the year. We do lots of second uh, halves in our, you know, kind of the way that we do life, you know, sort of it's like a heads and a tails, things like that. Sometimes we talk about this, you know, kind of you're in the second half of your life stage, that sort of thing. It's a, very, it's a big sports term. Um, I used to coach soccer when my kids were younger and and um, the soccer coaches, because there's no referees, the soccer coaches have to referee half of each game. And I was pretty innocent and naive. And so someone took me aside one day and said, always referee the second half of the game. And I said, oh, well, why is that? And he said, because you, you get to influence the game when you're in the second half rather than in the first half. I was like, I just thought I was the referee. And he, and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if your team's ahead and it looks like you're going to concede a goal, you can call it off a minute or two early and nobody notices. And if your team's behind and you're on attack, you can keep it going for a minute or two more. I said, well, is, that doesn't fit, really seem fair, but hey, what the heck, you know, kind of if everybody else is doing it, I guess if you can't beat them, you've got to join them. And so it's like the second half became really important to us at that stage. You're sort of aware of those things. The whole sports thing sort of go, um, there's, a, there's an adage in sport that you don't win a game early in the contest, but you can lose it. So um, you don't win a cricket test on day one, but you can definitely lose a cricket test on day one um, if, you, if you play particularly badly. So there's a whole second half thing, psychology in sport. Um, in golf, if you're a follower of golf, in a, a four-day golf tournament, which is what they normally are, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they call day three, moving day, Saturday is moving day. And so the reason for that is you kind of got to stay in touch on day one and two, but if you want to be in contention on the last nine on Sunday afternoon, you've got to make your move on the Saturday. That's what they call it. The second half is a really important thing in our psyche and in some of the way that we do life. And so today, I want to introduce you to some ideas and thoughts as we enter the second half of 2020, which I hope might be helpful for you and I hope might be relevant for us as a church. And so this week, um, I was listening to Pray As You Go, as I do most days, 
And there was a, there were, um, the focus of the scripture on that particular day was the, the great story from the gospel of Jesus healing the man that his friends lowered through the roof. And so I want to I read that story to you. It's not an obvious second half sort of message scripture, but it, I felt like God spoke to me and, and that would be relevant to us as we go through this morning. So what I would love you to do, because this is relatively familiar scripture, I'm going to show some up on the on the screen, but this is also a, a really good scripture that you can listen with your heart rather than your head. So um, we have something that we do sometimes that we call Lectio Divina, which is holy listening, in which we, we listen more with our heart than sort of trying to figure out, oh, and then Jesus said this, and then Jesus said that. And so what I'd love you to do is maybe just close your eyes and listen to me read. Sometimes in Lectio, we, we'd read it two or three times, so I'm just going to read it once, but just see if anything stands out to you as I read the story of Jesus, and then I'll come back to some of the things that I think might be more relevant to us. So have a listen to this along the way. One day as Jesus was teaching, someone arrived carrying a paraplegic on a stretcher. They were looking for a way to get into the house and set him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, removed some tiles, and let him down in the middle of everyone, right in front of Jesus. Impressed by their bold belief, he said, Friend, I forgive your sins. That set the religion scholars and Pharisees buzzing. Who does he think he is? That's blasphemous talk. God and only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and said, Why all this gossipy whispering? Which is simpler, to say, I forgive your sins, or to say, get up and start walking? Well, Just so it's clear that I'm the Son of Man and authorized to do either or both, he now spoke directly to the paraplegic. Get up, take your bedroll, and go home. Without a moment's hesitation, he did it, got up, took his blanket, and left for home, giving glory to God all the way. The people rubbed their eyes incredulous and then also gave glory to God. What a beautiful passage. And so, you know, if there's a a word or a thought, a line that came out, it's worth noting, it's worth remembering. It's worth, you know, cogitating on it and working with it. And teasing out maybe what God might have said. So I did a little bit of um, sort of reading through some um, commentaries and things like that on on this passage, trying to figure out, you know, kind of what it meant. And and, and because it wasn't an obvious second half passage, it was like, okay, so what are we doing here, God? And the the little phrase that really came to me out of what somebody wrote was never the same again. This man would never be the same again. Indeed, his friends would never be the same again. Tragically, it would seem that the Pharisees would be the same again, which, which is an unfortunate you know, kind of connotation in the whole story. 
And so as I thought about it for us as a church, or maybe for us as individuals, and I offer it in a sense as a, as a broad approach this morning, maybe for you, but you think it through, um, there are a few things that came to light and came to mind that I thought were really interesting and worthwhile noting. The first one was connection all over again. Nothing's changed in that sense from January the 12th. And that we really are better together when we do this thing. You know, the story is of the friends who helped the man who had the need, who couldn't get to the source of the solution of the need, who was Jesus, who was in the house, who was blocked by lots of other people who had need. But they wouldn't be, um, I don't know, they, they wouldn't be put off by the fact that it was impossible. It seemed to me that this wasn't a time to stand aloof and say, man, what a shame, you know, that everybody got there first. Maybe you would have been healed if only we could have got there a little bit earlier. But they moved towards and they engaged with Jesus. There was something of this together that they did that was really important. And I think a, I think a, a bit about where we are as a church, I think our connection, you know, flawed as it is, you know, kind of, you know, brilliant as it is some days and not so brilliant other days, but our connection was important to us in lockdown. And that's why with things like we put together during lockdown, our with us groups are so important still, you know, kind of to surf with each other is a really great thing to do. To pray with each other is a really great thing to do. To, you know, to, to wrestle with ideas together is a really great thing to do. Or our home groups and that sort of thing is, is really significant and really useful. As the next couple of months go by, we're going we're gonna to be doing a few kind of things that we will be inviting you to. So on August the 2nd, after our morning service and our evening service, we're going to be doing sort of a welcome to Tim and Zoe. I do hope you'll stay. You know, not in a sense to meet Tim and Zoe, because they won't be able to meet everybody on that day, but just to be together and think, this is a next part of our journey as a church that we are all part of, not just sort of, oh, you know, kind of that's the new associate pastor. It's like, welcome to us. What a wonderful thing that'll be. Then on August the 21st, we're going we're gonna to revamp, we think, something of the midwinter. It may not be dinner this year, but of the, of the women's midwinter that, we offer, that, we, that we've done, you know, year on year for the last, you know, kind of 10, 12, 15 years. And that's a Friday night. We want to encourage you to sort of be available and come and be part of something that's bigger. On September the 12th, we're doing the third, that's a Saturday night, the third um, Derek Asara Memorial Quiz Night. Derek, much loved, foundation member, if we had foundation members of our church here, died tragically, 46 years old, just three years ago. And, and he was a music teacher. And he came, in a sense, from the wrong sides of the tracks. And so we have this wonderful thing where we raise money on, um, at our annual quiz and we and we we bless um, potential musicians or, or budding musicians who aren't able to get music lessons because they're on the wrong side of the tracks. And it's this beautiful thing, and it's got nothing to do with a quiz night as such. That's just the the vessel that you create so that you can be together and that you can make a difference. And th- and that's those things are really important for us to to kind of grasp and to be part of and to and to say you know kind of yeah I'm there and I understand why I'm there why that's important rather than I don't like quiz nights 
you know, sort of the answer is, I like community. I, I like being together. I like being connected and even connected with our community and even connected with Derek, you know, for those of us who go back a little further. What else is I think? I think it talks about opportunity. We're invited to reset, you know, to give some new things a go. Do you, did you ever, how many times did you hear during COVID sort of thing? It's like the new normal. In some ways, it's kind of like the new normal's gone back to the old normal pretty quickly, and there is still an opportunity for us to kind of take a little bit of, I don't know, uh, a, a little bit of stock about how life is and how faith is and how we're outworking our lives, and do we want the next period of our lives to be the same as the previous period. And maybe we do. Maybe we have a, a fantastic sense. But I see in the story that the Pharisees were sitting around what Jesus called gossipy whispering. And it's like, I don't want to be those guys, whatever it is. I don't want to be sitting down and I don't want to be gossipy whispering. But the friends he commended for their bold belief and for their proactive nature. And it's like, oh, I definitely want to be those guys. I definitely want to be like the friends rather than like the Pharisees. That's a really important thing. And so even as a church, we're sort of, uh, you know, kind of those who are observers of how we're doing church. We're, we're doing church subtly, but, but significantly different. You know, this is different, and we're doing it for a reason. We're telling more stories rather than, you know, kind of, boy, is there anyone who can drive Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday because we're a bit short at the moment? We want to share the story of what we're doing and invite you to it rather than sort of just, you know, kind of um, put out the need out there. Because together we're wanting to be together. We're, we're preaching, and I'm up to my 15 minutes, but hey, I make the rules, I break the rules. <laughs> but I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. We're preaching shorter. We're, we're speaking shorter, and we're hoping that we're going to be more, in a sense, more concise and more decisive and more punchy in the things that we do so that we can, I don't know, do the community thing more, so that we can be more together and as a church. And how important is this? We're, we're doing a series that we're starting in August that we're calling Living the Future, which is a revisiting in some ways of our Vineyard Kingdom stuff, but where we're going to be doing, where we're going to be praying and ministry and those sorts of things. And we're looking forward in a sense to reintroducing that in a way that we've sort of lost over the way, but in a, in a way also that we're wanting to kind of um, you know, project forward to the things that God's doing now rather than kind of look back to the things that God used to do. And so you know, watch out for that from the 9th of August. Those are some of the things that we're doing. I love the verse Philippians 1.6, that there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind, Paul writes, that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish every day, on the very day, sorry, that Christ Jesus appears. I think he's in that process with us in whatever our situation. And then finally, out of this, there is a story of forgiveness in this story of the man being healed. In fact, arguably, theologically, it's a story of forgiveness, not a story of healing. But I think we can, we can operate with both of those things quite successfully today. And so it's a story of forgiveness. And as we are gathering around a communion table, it's a great opportunity to be connected and to reconnect with the sense of Jesus' forgiveness. And I think, I think this is a little God thing is, is the invitation for us to live in the forgiveness that Jesus offers us, to live in it. It wasn't a prayer that we prayed when we became a Christian. I think forgiveness is much bigger than that, is to live in the life that Jesus has offered us and given to us and to walk forward in that life.
I think is really significant. And so as we come to communion this morning to, to conclude the message and indeed to conclude the service, and we want communion, at least at this stage of our church journey, to be the climactic point of worship of the way that we're doing church for now, because it seems to connect us in a, in, in a sense tangibly to who and what Jesus is. I want to again take you just into a moment of prayer, and I want to, I want to read the words of Jesus over us as a congregation and over you as an individual. So I'd love you just to, I'd love you just to, to maybe close your eyes or, or, or take some sort of a, a, a posture or, a, or an attitude of heart, you know, just kind of relax, you know, sort of maybe, um, you know, be comfortable in your seat or something like this. And listen to these words of Jesus, which we've read today. Friends, I forgive your sins. The words of Jesus. Friend, I forgive your sin. And you might want to concentrate on the friend. Have you ever heard Jesus call you friend? Well, this morning he is. A friend of Jesus. Or you might want to concentrate on being forgiven of your sins. But just to take that verse and allow it to penetrate, to melt, to invite, and to call forward. Friend, I forgive your sins. And so, Lord, we want to live in that. We want to hear your voice and to know we're your friend. And we want to live in the forgiveness that you offer us and have given. And it's really interesting, this man who Jesus healed, at the end of that story, it says, without a moment's hesitation, he got up took his blanket, went home, giving glory to God all the way. And I have this image of this morning that every one of us, and it will be in a, you know, of differing degrees of intensity or, or, or conviction, but that every one of us, having heard Jesus say, friend, I forgive your sins, will get up without a moment's hesitation and come forward giving glory to God in their hearts as we receive the communion this morning. So I need, um, I need three volunteers to, just to help me hand out communion today. So, okay, that's not bad. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Chris. 
So we've been doing a communion liturgy, but this morning it felt like, you know, we would we would be able to work with our ideas of forgiveness. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to um, sanitize because I think it's still an important part of what we're doing just in our sort of society at the moment. And so either um, come this side or that side, and Chris and uh, I will hand out one side bread and drink, and Rob and Nick will. So let's just, let's just again just pause and listen to the words of Jesus. And then as you're ready, when you hear the voice of Jesus, or when you, when you, you know, kind of have a sense of Jesus being, or, or being ready, just stand and come. And what I'd love you to do is take your bread and drink back and stay standing. Then we'll pray again and we'll eat and drink together. So God, we come before you and we hear your voice, your invitation. Thank you, Jesus, for calling us your friends and for forgiveness. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.